ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Romans chapter 6, verses 18 through 23, sharing some current events, and conversing about raising children. I am Molly Kingston, your producer, and joining me on the panel is Pastor Ben Kingston, Dr. Gavin Hooks, no, and Ryan Mayberry. Gentlemen, riddle me this. Where do you take a sick boat? To the dock. Can you elaborate? Doc is short for doctor. Doc is also where you put a boat. So doctor. So instead of, there you go. Awesome. Yes. So if you didn't catch that. Ryan is the king of puns. Yes. I knew this one because it was kind of like a a dad, a dad joke or a pun. We probably would get this one. Where do you take a sick boat to the dock tour? Those in the audience, if you would like, oh, you've already heard the answer, so don't share it with me. Um, (laughs) But if you have anything you'd like to say during our topics of discussion, please text the number online. And as always, if you listen later, or text the number on screen. And if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. If you follow Bethel on Facebook, I post every Wednesday and every Saturday. So it would help us a lot if you guys would go into the Bethel page, like it and share it. That way we can get some more people listening in to us. So our first segment, Romans chapter six, verses 18 through 23. And this will be finishing up chapter 6. All right. So, uh, 16, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or or of obedience unto righteousness. And I I shared last week that we wanted to, to stop just short of finishing that up last week because we're going to get into the three aspects to the two domains that he's talking about. So he's he's juxtaposing, uh, you know, who you're going to be servants to. Uh, the, the lost are servants to sin. There's just no way around that. And he talks about the three aspects, 17 and following, but then he also talks about the aspects of the Christian. So the Christian actually has a choice now whether he's going to live his life as a servant of sin, which there's just no advantage to that. Uh, and, and it brings in question whether or not that person ever truly knew Christ or not when someone, quote, unquote, acts like that. But uh, the three aspects that we're going to talk about is uh, position, practice, and promise and it, that's the outline, if you will, that we want to look at these 17 and following. Before we dive into that, looking back at verse 16, you know, know ye not. That's that axiom. And John MacArthur pointed out last week that essentially uh, that axiom was basically saying, you know, this is a no-brainer. You know, know ye not. So in other words, this is so obvious that we shouldn't even have to go over it. But... But we are going to go over it because it's so important that we know it. It was Paul's approach. So know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Sounds pretty simple, but then when you listen to these next words, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, we do ourselves a disfavor when we do not look at life on these two levels. Sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. Those are your two options. Every day, all day. Sin, death, obedience, righteousness. We've got to train ourselves to look at that. We've got to train ourselves to think like that. We've got to train ourselves to realize that the reason we're training ourselves is this is true. It's true. Sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. Now, What kind of death? You know, sooner or later, sin does bring physical death. But that's not the only death that is at play here. You know, when you look at uh, James and the verse that says uh, a person is drawn away, uh, first lust draws them away, and then sin happens, and then as a result, death. 
So the equation, lust plus sin equals death. Well, you know, I can't speak for you, but, but you know, my skepticism comes out and, oh, come on now. You know, why be so dramatic? You know, well, again, we're not just talking about physical death. We may be talking about uh, physical health. We may, you know, how many people have made a decision and done an act that as a result of that act, the rest of their lives, they're on medication. Uh, their, Their health is going, you know, spiraling down. They started a habit that has brought on bad health. You know, fill in the blank. A reversal of finances as a result of one action. Uh, you know, I went in there and I gave him a piece of my mind. Yeah, and now you're looking for a job, you know, type thing. So sin does not have to mean physical death. It can mean a death of a bunch of things. Reputation, relationship with God, fellowship, fill, fill in the blank. And it doesn't mean it's going to be immediate either. Correct. It could be years down the road, but it will happen. It, it will happen. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we all have examples, hopefully, hopefully it's of other people, you know, but we all have examples of people that have made a very poor decision and as a result, they're dealing with the results, you know. Um, and, and so, uh, I, I think that verse 16 is an extremely, it, it, you know, we're, we're putting that ball on the tee, okay. Uh, sin unto death. Obedience and righteousness. If I could just telescope off that just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, please. When I was doing um, the message of pain, was talking about, did some discussion on sin, and it's an increment of harm. It's an increment uh, or a, a a step away from God. Sin, sin the word means a miss. Uh, it's yeah, an archer's yeah. term for missing. I transgressed, yeah, sin. And uh, Ravi Zacharias used to say a, a good definition of evil is a perversion of anything, whatever was God's uh, perversion, yeah. perversion of purpose is what he said. So sin, sin is missing the mark and, and ultimately an increment of harm. The first sin caused separation uh, between man and God and every sin since has. That's why God hates sin. Mm-hmm. And when we look at it, that in terms of sin drawing us away from life itself, which is God, God is the author of life. Righteousness is the complete absence of sin. It's complete absence of harm. Um, just looking at the two terms that way helps this verse. Uh, it makes it add some depth to the to the verse. Amen. Good stuff. Any other addition there, guys? So then, looking at, at verse seventeen now, uh, the three aspects to these two domains of servanthood. So you've got the domain of the lost servanthood to sin, and again, saved people can participate in that. You know, if a saved person yields his or her members unto sin, they're serving sin. And, and as a result, they're going to be, you know, having death to something happen. So, so position, you know, which position are you in? So look at verse 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants. You were. You were the servants of sin. So you have everyone that does not know Christ, they are in the position of being a servant of sin. But you, every person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, teaching, which was delivered unto you. So from the start of Acts chapter 2, where Peter is preaching the gospel, and on that day, 3,000 people came to know Christ. And then a few days later, 5,000 people know, came to know Christ. And the Bible says that they added to the church daily, so on and so can, can you imagine? I mean, we get excited for three baptisms in one day. Can you imagine? You know, uh, th- there was some churches back when um, e, uh, EE, Evangelism Explosion, they were literally, they had to change how they baptized because they were reaching so many people for Christ, couldn't get it done in a day's time. And so one particular church, I believe it was Arizona, this was one of those you know testimonies at an EE conference. They had to go in and, and do some changing in their minutes and in their constitution to, to allow the pastor, as, as long as he could get the word out, hey, we've got five people ready to be baptized, as many people meet us at the church tonight at 7 o'clock. 
You know, just had to have some people of the church available because they weren't baptizing into a country club. They were baptizing into the church. And so some people of the church had to be present, you know, for one to vote on it, you know, and, and but they, they made it possible. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great problem to have? Mm-hmm. Brother Ben, we need to baptize every day of the week. Oh, okay. All right. You know, uh, and then Brad would get in on it and, and this, that, and the other. Well, uh, so the position is what happens you know, if you're a slave to sin, that's your position as a lost person or a carnal Christian. But now you are obeying that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. And look at verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So your position changed. Now, there is also, uh, a, if you will, the doctrine of position in Colossians, you are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. So when God looks at you, he doesn't see you as a product that's uncompleted. He sees you seated in the heavenlies with Christ. Well, when you and I realize that that is our position, we look upon ourselves in a different light. Okay, well, wait a minute. I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint. And I'm seated in the heavenlies with Christ. That, that is the future reality of who we are. And so that gives, well, you know, anybody that sees themselves as a completed project seated in Christ in the heavenlies, they're going to be more predisposed, if you will, to make good decisions. And I think if you see that as the ideal of what you're supposed to be, you see how far from it you are. And, right. and it uh, drives you to strive towards that better. That's right. So remember... Counseling 101, God keeps his eyes on, yeah, son, daughter, babe, hun, look how far you've come. But we keep our eyes on Jesus, the sinless one. Look how far we still have to go. <laughs> and 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 that because I couldn't agree with that more. And it plays into how it's talking about the 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 language used as being slaves to things. It means you have to obey the dictates of one thing or another because you are it doesn't say you were a slave to sin, now you're not a slave to sin anymore. It says you were a slave to sin, now you're a slave to Christ, and he has certain standards that he wants you to follow. That's right. That's right. I see somebody reacting to that, though. A non-believer, non-believer reacting to that. I'm not, I'm not a servant to anybody. I'm not a servant to any anything uh, Man, that's slave. Good. I, I, I'm a free person. I can do whatever I want. And then I come back to that question you asked that young lady at the driver's license. Is there anything in your life that is left unchecked would ruin you? Would ruin you. Are you a servant? Obviously, Mm. you're, and she showed you her arm. Yeah. She was obviously a a servant to that. So just self-destruction. And and again, I couldn't agree more, Gavin, because, you know, we're we're free-thinking people. We're Americans. You know, because of Christ and because of how we were raised in this church— we were brought to Christ at a pretty young age. So we, we just bought in, you know, uh, in the such. But I, I can see myself as a lost person. And someone telling me that I'm a slave to sin, especially as an American, I, ain't nobody telling me what, you know, what I want. That's, That's right. right. Well, the reality is, and, and you know, you got to put, uh, I think it's uh, the book of Corinthians that talks about the God, the little G of this world has blinded. The, the people of this world. So you put your hand over your eyes and you make that statement. You know, I nobody going to tell me what to do. I, I'm blinded. I'm 100% blinded to the reality that I'm being told what to do every day by my appetites, by my urges. Where do those come from? You know, the father of lies. He, he's, he knows how to push your buttons. You know, he watches when you walk by that you know, magazine rack at the convenience store. He he knows what trips your trigger. The three kings of your destiny, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride, pride of life. Of life. <laughs> That's right. The, the unholy trinity. There's a good argument to be made, too, that God made us to serve him. Right. But since sin entered the world, now we are searching for things to serve Although we might never put it in those terms because we don't like to think of us as servants. Right. So, well, and so let's, let's flesh that out just for a moment. B- because it is repulsive to think of, you know, Brother Ben, are you seeing slavery as, as positive? A- absolutely not. 
until you look at who is asking you to be a slave to. You know? And again, he, he's trying to get you to see slave unto sin, which is death, or slave unto righteousness through obedience. And we're going to get to this here in a little bit, eternal life. Anybody that sees God in all his glory, sees God in who he is, you know, looks at his muscles, the, the attributes of God, looks at who God is, how he is, what he has done for us, who wouldn't submit themselves to that, you know? Um, and, and Also, our examples of slavery or servitude are perversions right. again they're they're things that have been set up by man or things that have been run mm -hmm. by man where god's servitude is going to be completely different it's going to be holy it's going to be righteous and, 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 i'm sorry go ahead Ryan. and he's also speaking in terms that they'll understand it even says it in verse 19 i yep. speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh he's not promoting or saying it's good or bad one way or the other to have Slavery. He's saying that's the reality of the world that they were living in at that time. That's right. And I'll speak in these terms that you'll understand. He, he's using it as an analogy. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's get to that real quick. The practice. Okay. Verse 19 is, is their practice. So uh, when you realize your position, because he's looking at both domains, the position of the sinner or the, the saved person that chooses to serve sin is that they are serving sin unto death. The position of the Christian is he's obeying God unto righteousness. That's the position. But then you look at the practice. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. So I'm using this analogy of slavery so that you can understand it. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, and every lost person that spent any time in the world can relate to that, even so now. Yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. So how, how can we do this? How can we be obedient to God on a daily basis? You yield your members as instruments unto righteousness. Now, if you hear somebody say, and you hear me say this almost every week, talking about a quiet time, it starts there. It starts at the beginning of the day. Lord, I'm, I'm here. I'm yours. Use me how you see fit. And how you do that, you've got to figure it out. You've got to research it. You, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Come to me and we'll talk about it. I, I will share, quote, unquote, how and what I do with anybody. But everybody here is capable of figuring that out. Bless you. Uh, and the such. But And let me tell you, there's all sorts of information out there available. Mm -hmm. How do I get started in my day? You know, you could even Google this, I bet. How do I yield my members as instruments of righteousness unto God? And I guarantee you, there's going to be all sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and the, the term just keeps coming back to me, and I, I know I'm almost beating this to death, but anymore I just understand servitude or submission equals love in the right context. There's no other way to express love except submitting yourself to another person. And in John 14, Jesus makes it very plain. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. It, following Jesus' words, keeping his words, fellowshipping with him, submitting to him is an expression of love. It's the same in every relationship. It, it, you can't have a relationship that's successful or fulfilling without submitting to the other person in some form or way. It's it equal submission equals love in the right context when it's done voluntarily. Coerced is yeah, right. a perversion of that. That's right. Uh, That's right. Uh, nobody wants to be manipulated, and and God doesn't do that. Uh, he puts it out there from the very start. From the very start. That's right. Uh, okay, so that leads to the promise. So after you realize your position, sin into death, obedience into righteousness. Your practice, you you have if if you're going if you're over here on this side of sin unto death, it's because you're practicing it. You're giving in to sin. And sooner or later you're gonna reap death in that particular area of your life. Over here, if you yield to God your members, and I'm you know, I'm I'm waving my hands as I say that, your eyes, your ears, your tongue, your hands, your feet, fill in the blank. You yield your members as instruments of righteousness. You're going to obey God and you're going to reap righteousness. Well, that leads to the promise. For when you were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had you in those then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
you, there's a fine line I have found with people who have come out of, you know, they've gotten saved. You've got a group of people that they're, they're pretty proud of how much of a sinner they were. Well, for me personally, I have to almost question <laughs> if they're a true believer or not. Because a true believer is ashamed of the acts that they did. And they're certainly ashamed of the damage that they've done to their own body, their family, what fill in the blank. And so uh, the, in Romans here, 6.21, it is highlighting that. You know, what fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, but then 22. But now being made free from sin because of yours and my uh, agreement with God because of our, you know, we've been baptized in the Spirit. We have been like Christ in His burial, death, and resurrection. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. You guys, the most exciting thing that can happen in a church is for a person that everybody knew in the community that they were headed toward hell and because of Jesus Christ, they did a 180, and now they're living for Jesus. And, you know, th those testimonies, they bring down the house, you know, and, and they're exciting. Why? Because of this absolute in verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what I've Transformed got life is one of God's greatest miracles That's in it. today's time. I believe it's the best card, calling card a church has. You know, I'm all... Talk to some fellas tonight. I, I'm all about marketing. I'm all about, you know, pushing who we are and such of that nature. But the greatest calling card is a transformed life. I used to do this. Now I do this. Because of the love of Jesus Christ That's and it. adorning his truth. Uh, I just looked at some people's notes on these verses. And we've said this already, but I just like the way he said it. Which is when you work for the devil, he pays you with death. And when you work for the Lord, he pays you with everlasting life. <laughs> cool. Mm -hmm. How's that? I think it's a verse. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Yeah. Mm. I never can remember the last part. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Gonna spend one day in your house. Then yeah, the right. thousand elsewhere. But right. that's a song. I don't yeah. know if it's exactly and, and the verse. I think it's based on that verse. Yeah. yeah. But something to the nature of, uh, it's in Psalm. Uh, rather be a doorkeeper of the house of God than something in Satan's kingdom. Something along those lines. Y'all have to look it up and send it to us. All right. Very good. Okay. So I think I said current events in the intro, but it is the sugar, sugar stick, stick week. I do, though, if I can hijack it real fast. I wanted us to pray over Israel. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that'd be appropriate. Uh, yeah. Because when I was thinking, that's why I was thinking current events, because I kind of wanted us to hit on that. Um, we don't have to dwell on it. I think we could spend a whole show oh, on it. Oh, yeah. And if you do not know what's going on, uh, Ben Shapiro has a lot of good information about it. Mm -hmm. And I'd highly suggest watching his videos. I wouldn't suggest doing it with children. Yeah. Because he shows you. What is happening? Footage, it's uncensored. It's uncensored. Himself, yeah. So, uh, if the Holy Spirit continues to lead in this area, I'm probably going to be covering this subject Sunday morning. But um, let, let's take a few moments here and just just lift up Israel. Lord, I love you. I thank you for uh, your chosen people. I thank you, Father, for your church. And we just ask you right now to uh, help us to know how we can stand with Israel. Uh, we're, we're asking you to uh, defeat the enemy. We're asking you to uh, bring them to you, uh, certainly. Uh, but we also ask you for victory in the field in accordance to thy will. Uh, we pray for protection for Israel. Uh, we pray for um, you to help them because essentially the world is against them. And so I pray that you will, uh, and I know you will, uh, show us again how to stand with them and I pray that you would give them victory in this current war and help America and many, many other countries to stand with them. We ask all these things in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. 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 All right. Even when the world is falling apart, it's good to think about things that make life sweeter. I put focalized fellowship, but I was thinking today a better word would be intentional fellowship. Uh, this last weekend, the women went to the conference in Branson, Woj. Women of Joy. Woj. 
<laughs> and um, it was very, very good. I believe everyone came back really. So it was about sacred rest. Mm -hmm. And although I don't think most of us slept, um, <laughs> it was really good. I think we came back with a lot of um, good information on how to get sacred rest. And we had a lot of good fellowship with each other. So, Don, last week you said don't uh, spring it on you, but what's the date for next year's? October 4th, 5th, and 6th, there's a sign-up sign sign sheet. sheet. Say that three times fast. Yeah, a we have 40 spots. Sheet. And, of course, if we get more than 40, we'll make it happen. Yeah, we've already bought 40 tickets. Mm -hmm. It will sell out. So as soon as you can sign up, the better. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so you want to hear our sugar sticks? Yeah, please. Uh, so my, one of my favorite is to encourage yourself in the Lord. This is a discipline. This is a learned uh, trait, a coping mechanism. I also like the expression. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, you'd have to look it up and, and study it. But when, with his four or 600 marauders during the time when he was being chased by Saul, um, someone came in while they were gone. Uh, someone came in and, and took all of the women and children. And so when they came back, they realized that their families were gone. All those men were thrown into an absolute panic. And the first thought that hit their head was, let's kill David. <laughs> you know, we got to kill somebody, you know. And, and so the Bible says that they were picking up stones to stone him. And the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. I can't imagine. Uh, sounds like a really bad deacon's meeting. Right. And so, well, and you know, David's wife and children had also was, been kidnapped. Yeah, so, right. I mean, he, he, was was, also, he was grieving yeah. his own loss, but now he's going to lose his life, you know, something he had no control over. And so th the bottom line is, is that our world sometimes just goes off the rails. And you and I have got to know how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And so you, you just pull away somewhere, uh, even if it's just in your heart, and you say, Lord, you know exactly what I'm going through right now. I'm begging for your grace, mercy, and peace. Lead me. Guide me. I know you have an answer for this. Faith. You know, and, and he'll do it. He'll do I, it. Yeah, I need an answer, and I need it now. Now. now <laughs> Give please. me a word, Lord. Yeah. Give me a little word. Yeah, and and check check my motives. Yeah, check my motives, right. Lord. If I'm, I'm wrong, yeah, it, let me know. Is, is this a me thing? Have I brought this on yeah. myself? If it has, you know, in other words, do I need to confess a sin here? You know, mm -hmm. are, are you and me okay? <laughs> are, are we okay? <laughs> All right, that's mine. You got a sugar uh, stick, Gavin? Uh, yeah, I'm huge. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been doing physical therapy here for the last six weeks, and, man, I'm a believer. I, Amen. I, I, thought, I thought I had lost so much, and I've had neck issues forever. In six years, I'm like, I feel like I've got a new neck. I'm like, right. So I, it's not completely gone, but I'm set back 20 years at least and my range of motion, the pain. So Are you doing um, yoga? I haven't started yoga. We actually did, uh, I've never thought, I never thought that I would do acupuncture, but we did mm. acupuncture. Yeah, and, there's a lot of good things so that. I wouldn't never I'm do it. But yeah. yeah. And it feels like the rust has been all knocked off. But Look at there. Now it's circulating other places. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not completely resolved, but I'm a big believer in physical cool. therapy now. Cool. Along the lines of Israel was kind of what my yeah. sugar stick was. And that uh, peace and goodness are mm. the sugar stick for me just because it's not the norm. It's We think it's the norm because we've had it for so long in this country, but it's not the norm throughout the world. So it's very much a blessing to have it and have had it as long as we have, even though it's, they're trying to erode it now. Right. It's been, it's made life sweet. I, I heard a very interesting, uh, from, from Greg Gutfield, uh, you know, the, 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 the it'll come to me, uh, representatives that support Palestine in our Congress, they're quiet now when it comes to the atrocities of Hamas. And so Greg Gutfield said, I don't want to hear anything else about hate speech. Yeah. If they're not going to take a stand against yeah. this, I don't want to hear nothing else about hate speech. Because mm -hmm. if, if people can go in and do the things that they're doing, and you're not going to say anything against that, you're not going to mm -hmm. accuse and me. They, they're coming out for it, too. So oh, well, there's no doubt. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. 
uh, it's did repulsive. Did you want me to do sure. something with this? Or just read it. Okay, so Psalms 84, verses 10 through 12. The I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house mm -hmm. of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is his son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I actually, so you have that contemporary song, which I started singing, mm -hmm. but I actually have a classical version that I sing of that too. I'm not going to do it. It's I was going to say, long, break it out. Uh, yeah. I can't remember it. I just remember the that verse. Okay, very good. So mystery topic time. We do need the wheel of names, brother the Brad. The wheel of names. We are all back on the wheel now. We have restarted. Oh. Oh wow. Yes. All right. That is the winner. <laughs> all right. So, in light of what is going on. Guess what Pastor Ben has been fielding questions about? <laughs> the end, end times. of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brother Ben, what is happening? Now, I, I'm going to confess to you that, that I have avoided end times like the plague because it is an area that I have essentially chosen, if you will, to be weak on because I believe that God to some level, has been intentionally vague mm. because I don't believe he wants us to uh, go to seed on it. He, he wants us to go to seed on Matthew 28, 18 and following. He wants us to go to seed on winning people to Christ and discipling them and the such. In other words, get your head down on serving God when he's ready for you to come the right. trumpet will blow. Well, he knows that. We're, we want to read the last chapter sure. at the end of the book. We want to know what's going to happen. Right. We don't want to have any more surprises. Right. So if we can, if he would have written out explicitly what was going to happen, then it would have been easy to be like, okay, well, we are no. we probably sit on our hands and say, oh, Scott's got, got Right, to exactly. Well, be because <coughs> that literally happened in, in Thessalonica. Uh, some of the Thessalonians convinced themselves, Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. Why do I need to work? Hmm. Some of them literally, the scholars believe, they went up on a hill <laughs> with their, you know, uh, fried chicken and potato salad. You know, I'm sure they had that. And, and, and waiting for Jesus to come. So guess what happened at home? The bills started piling up. The work started piling up. And so Paul wrote in his Thessalonica book, Thessalonians, no, 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 no. You, you, we are to work. We are to work for the night is coming. We, no man knows. You know, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. But there are absolutely some things that, that we can know. Now, what particular order? Well, let the arguments begin. <laughs> uh, but so this is what I asked here. Uh, in other words, this is my mystery topic. Can you list a or the order of events happening in the end times discussed in Revelation and Daniel in your particular theological persuasion, starting with the rapture or the tribulation. Go. Okay. Well, I like to be controversial and say that it's post-trips. So, so list, the, list the events. Well, okay. I'm going to have trouble with words because I also have Blasphemy. avoided the end times. But, right, so, so I figured happen first. the tribulation would happen first. And in the tribulation, you have the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. You have all of the fun seven things, the one really world government, times. the seven years of bad times, of the, earth the seven trumpets, the yeah. seven seals, right. the seven scrolls, scrolls all right. the fun things. Um, and then the rapture happens. And then that's where I would get fuzzy because I didn't know where the judgment seats happened, where the mm -hmm. marriage feast of the lamb would mm -hmm. happen. Um, and then... And then I just remembered that at, a, at another time, the devil would come back. And, of course, I guess he never technically left. But Out then the he, would, he, would, he would gather people from all four corners of the earth again to wage war. Which, this, this in itself is, is an interesting topic. Are, is the black hole, or a black hole, is that the bottomless pit? Because oh, the, the devil has to fall for, for a, a thousand, thousand years, years somewhere. You know, again, according to if if you believe that, you know, in Revelation, a black hole would make sense from what we know well, yeah. of what they are. Yeah, and and there's a black hole that just changed. Uh, they're, they're, I read this on Fox News. They actually believe now that it is spinning. Mm. The black hole itself is spinning. So, Gavin, g g give me your list of end times. So, so the the details uh, I, I'm kind of sketchy on, but it's certain. 
there, there's a, a culminating focus of power in one place. And there's a person that steps to the head of that. And that person is, is gifted in rhetoric, mm -hmm. gifted in giving quippy replies and good gathering people to his side to, to get coalitions together. And my understanding, he does that to Israel, too. Right. And Israel becomes well, it says part he uses of the arrow of peace or something like that. It, yes. It, uh, and the he starts to institute this world organization by people being numbered and and uh, given a, a mark that identifies them as being part of this world coalition or government. And I think that that is, in, at least in my mind, that's the trigger when God says, this will be the complete perversion of my creation. Mm. The loss of freedom will be the complete perversion of my creation. Then there will be no one that has the free choice to choose me. To, and uh, again, in the context of the second book there, you, you can't have real love, a real demonstration of love without freedom. If you're not free to choose or to reject a relationship, the meaning of that, the meaning of love changes. If it's a, a love that you don't have any resistance to or you can't uh, choose op to opt out of, it's not love. Mm. That's the way God made love. And so when this trigger happens, it's the complete perversion of God's pursuit of relationship with man that he chooses, that man chooses to have with God. Um, you, you'll no longer have a, have a choice. You'll belong to another master. Um, so that mark of the beast and that, to me, that's when the trigger happens for God to start intervening, the battle of Armageddon, the, 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 all those things start to happen as the redemption of the world. So began. would you say that the mark of the beast happens or like that culmination of power happens before the rapture? So that happens and then the rapture happens? So... If you're, I've always been a, a pre-trib pre uh, believer, and until that happens, and then I'm a mid-trib, so I'm on the same, in the same boat. Gotcha. My attitude towards that is I want to have the grace to be faithful regardless. Right. Uh, you right. I, I want to accomplish what God has he, me here for without paying attention to the clock. Right. In that regard. So you have to, I mean, work for the night is coming. It's true, but... I don't want to be focused on the clock. I want to fo focus on what finishing what I'm supposed to be doing. Ryan? I fall basically right where Gavin is as far as the timeline. I'm not super familiar with Revelations. Um, I've read through the book a, few, a handful sure. of times. But I find myself not reading it as much as I should out of frustration with people's reaction to it. Um, because I... Going to offend a lot of people, but oh, I, here comes. I uh, I get really aggravated with people when they start saying it's the end times for sure. The end times are now, right? Because it's see, I know it's not for everybody, but for a lot of people, I think it's cowardice, and they don't want to face up to the evil that they foresee coming. Mm. So they say, "Well, Jesus, come save us now. Mm. Take me away from this, so I don't have sure. to face it." Right. Sure. So I'm not saying it's good or right, but right. I let that keep right. me from looking into it a whole lot because, like Gavin said, you know. Yeah. If I'm no, no matter in good what standing with God, you know yeah. that's what's more important to me, and I need to focus on the work that's going on now, right. rather than hoping that God plucks me out of this situation and right. saves me from everything. Right. What if it's I not? Mean, what if it's not the end times, and we surrender to exactly mal uh, bad actors? Yeah, uh, because we think it's end time. This is what's supposed to happen, and then we spend a millennia. In darkness, right? Mm -hmm. right. We don't because fight we could have stopped the, it, but yeah. we were waiting on God to pluck us out of the situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. And, and and again, that's what Amen. Paul was against in you know Thessalonians. We are to work. Period. You know, uh, and I agree totally. Uh, the The best argument I've ever heard uh, came from Dale Pelton as to why, in my humble opinion, uh, it's a pre-tribulation rapture, and that is is that. There's nothing in the Word of God that indicates that He's going to beat up His bride before He brings her home. You know, now if He does, that's His business. <laughs> you know, it could be a purifying. It, that's experience. that's exactly right, and it and it it won't be that. We can call it that, but it won't be that because because Christ is not going to do that. I think I've always kind of wondered if we wouldn't be a part of the statistics in that time. Yeah, right. It's it's hard to say. Again. 
So, uh, you know, for, for me, it, it's rapture uh, and then the Bema Seat of Christ for all those that are saved. That means the judgment seat of Christ for Christians. It's not the great white throne judgment. It's the Bema Seat of Christ. Seven-year tribulation uh, and then the uh, thousand-year reign, which is the millennial. Uh, and then after that, the, the devil is released for a, a while and he deceives those that are here at that point after that thousand year reign you and i as christians will be reigning over those that are left and that have ki kids and things of that nature you know where do those kids come from well they come from the people that haven't reached the age of accountability at the end of those seven years of tribulation they enter into the millennial reign of course everybody that's over the age of accountability goes to the place of eternal torment and uh, then after uh, the devil deceives the battle of Gog and Magog and then the great white throne judgment and then the uh, the new heaven and new earth uh, I, but like I, you know Gavin alluded to it I, I'm pre-trib until the tribulation starts you know and then I'm mid-trib and then if that gets past that then I'm post you know I, I just know that he's going to take us sooner or later and and if he does leave us during the tribulation he's going to give us the grace to do whatever die for him you know whatever the case i, I do be. think that there's a uh, it's either pre or mid a removal of the church's influence right. because it just becomes a very dark place we're hmm. a very dark place um jamie texted in that uh, she received a text from a person that they she had been praying for for a long time this is a couple who wants to return to the lord while her husband has zero interest however due to the israel attacks he is asking lots of questions and is showing concern that he's running out of time. And then this is hu huge. Please be praying for Joe. Um, and she just said, I wonder how many people this will bring to the Lord. A lot. A lot. Y you put with that uh, the worst economy we've had in years. Uh, and it doesn't have any view of getting better. Uh, the pain at the pump. The pain at the grocery store. The, the threat of the loss of America. Correct. The threat mm -hmm. yeah. of the laws of America. Molly alluded to earlier that Ben Shapiro has been showing videos of what yeah. has been happening over there. I've seen some of them myself, and I can attest that once you, s it's different hearing the headline, you know, 40 babies murdered right. and beheaded versus seeing it happen in video. It's completely different. And once you've seen that, it changes your perspective on your own, or at least it has for me, perspective on my own life as far as when I sin, that's the side that I'm allying myself with. Right. And that's it's uh, it changes you. Amen. Yeah, it does. So, and this is one. I mean, you know, we we've jumped off into the deep end here, but uh, we're in the deep end. Um, you know, movies have desensitized us. Right. Uh, a person gets one stab and they die. A person gets one shot and they die, and they don't move. They just die. Right. Well, that's or not reality. Right, or even just not that. Uh, but just plain and simple, movies have desensitized Period. us. That even if it is completely gory and yeah. out of this world. The value of life violent, has. Yes, right. we just don't, we don't connect it. But watching, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm an emotional person just yeah. in general. Uh, some people <gasps> might not believe that. But I, it, it, was, it was heartbreaking. And I didn't even watch all of it. You yeah. know, it's just like I couldn't because I was getting ready for bed and I'm like, I can't, mm. I can't watch it right now. Well, it's kind of like the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Oh, I tears the whole time. I that movie like the plague because the I knew what was going to happen. I was going to bawl my eyes out and yeah. I was going to, you know, uh, have a revival and I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, was it The War Room, Courageous, yeah, right, all right. of the Christian movies. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. But I, I just thought that was a, a good mystery topic mm. because everybody, it's really not a mystery right now that everybody wants to know more Current about event. it. And so I, yeah. I, I do believe, and again, I, I, choose your side. Choose your side. And, and get the information behind it to support it, but don't make it a test of fellowship. That's right. You, you I, know, I've had brilliant men that I followed all have different views on this. All, like, all of them had a different opinion about when it was going to come. So. so J.D., one of my best friends, he was actually the best man in my wedding. Uh, eschatology is how I've always heard that word said. But J.D. calls it eschatology. I mean, he just, you know, it gets 16 syllables out of that word. <laughs> and he is a, a mid, mid, maybe, maybe post, but I'm pretty sure he's mid. And we had the discussion one time. And, he, and you just got to know J.D. He said, Ben, I'm telling you right now, you give me 45 minutes and you'll be mid by the end of that. You know, <laughs> okay, J.D., what, whatever. And, uh, but he, he's, he's mid-trip. But I love the guy. I, I die for him. You know, right. I think it's what I say to um, Megan, actually, we have a lot of conversations like this. They're good conversations for 
believers, but they're not something that you just stake a whole doctrine on or try to convince non-believers of. Like, these are just kind of like curious conversations that you have for kind of fun in a way. Um, so we've been really, really talkative and about heavy top topics. So I think we're just going to end on our break. I'm sorry, we're not going to get to the Have a New Kid by Friday today. We will finish oh, okay. Chapter Tuesday next week. Um, and so we're just going to talk about times that we were wrong. I, I can't come up with it. <laughs> Dawn, can you help me? That has there ever been a time Matthew, I've been wrong? Give her a mic. That, give that's her a mic. That's right now. I'll you're, go you're first, <laughs> and that's how I got mine. Is I had to. I had the same problem. I was like, well, what's something that I, I'm wrong on plenty of things, but what's something that I'm willing to admit in front of everybody? There you go. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so I, naturally, I asked my wife, and she had. You know, Plenty. She a could, plethora. She could, she could a plethora. Pulled out <laughs> Yeah, but no, the one she thought it would be funny if I shared is uh, we were, I've been playing the new Zelda game a few months back, and uh, she would she enjoys watching me play it. So yeah. we would do that together, and there was one puzzle that I was trying to solve, and I spent like, I don't know, 45 minutes straight on it. And she's like, well, why don't you try this? And I'm like, that is ridiculous. There's no <laughs> way. And so I kept struggling with it for another 20 minutes. I'm like, you know what, just to humor you so you'll quit bringing it up, I'll try it. And then it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> And that is the That's end. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never live it down. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right, Uncle Gavin, you said you had a list. Oh, my goodness. This is a goldmine. This is a topic <laughs> or a category for me. Um, I, I should write a book about my escapades when I was a salesman. So <laughs> I was uh, doing a... <laughs> that Sorry. Probably, that probably didn't sound very good. Yeah, but I hope you're going to share the story I'm a thinking. A medical equipment salesman. <laughs> so... I was in a doctor's office building one time, and you know, when you go through, you go through all your doctors, all your offices, you go by, drop your card, see if they're looking for anything, and then on, on the way through, I just made a mental note where the restroom was, and I, I just kept right on going, so uh, end of all, seeing all my doctors, I went to the restroom, I, you know, try to you make sure your, your hair's, well, I had hair then, uh, <laughs> hair's in the right place, you're not... Don't have any uh, bats in the cave, bats in the cave yeah. anything like that. Amen. Went to the restroom, came out. Was uh, as I came out of the stall there, an, an old lady walked into the room, walked in the door, and she said, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry." And she turned around, and went back out, and it's like, "Oh, old people, good yeah. grief!" Come on. So I went, was still, you know, primping myself, and uh, she comes back in, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." She turned around, and went back out. I said, like, "Good grief, lady! Yeah, get a clue." What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just picking myself up. I'm about to go out, and uh, a nurse comes in. She's got scrubs on. She goes, sir, is there a reason why you're in the ladies' restroom? I, I like, pa panic attack. I'm looking around for, there's no wall urinals. I'm just, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was wrong. You were a translator, <laughs> too. <laughs> before, before it was cool. Before it was cool. Uh, awesome. I thought you were going to share the time when the lady asked you to back her that's car out of the... Just more of the... Yeah, it was on the list. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have Save to that tell for you another that. time. Yeah, oh my goodness. Uh, so, I, I don't know if this is a good one, because again, Lord knows there's been... I, you could write books on all the times I was wrong. No amen, Dawn. Uh, but I literally skipped a year of my life. I went from 28 to 30. I, I, I forgot 29 because during my 29th year, I would tell people I'm 28 years old, I'm 28 years old. And when it came to the next birthday, I'm, I'm 29. And Don's like, you're 30. I'm like, no, <laughs> I've been 28, you know, and I'm 29. Babe, you're 30 years old. She had to show me by um, 1965 to the year that I was at, right. you are 30 what happened to 29? <laughs> I don't know, babe, but you're 30. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, I was wrong for a year. <laughs> I was wrong for a year. That's impressive. Uh, okay, so I'll, what I wrote down was that until freshman year of high school, when the band went to Hawaii, I thought that Hawaii was located south of Florida in the Atlantic. Because what I remembered when you're looking at maps 
during school, that's, you know, they, they <laughs> displace it in its actual spot. It's right by globe. Alaska. Bless your yeah, in Alaska. But yeah. for some reason, Alaska, I knew where that was. But uh, Hawaii, and so when they're like, you know, we have to go to California, and then we get on a plane in California, and I'm like, why are we going over there? That's the complete opposite direction of where we need to go. Um, yeah, so. So, I let me, can I... Can can I now tell my favorite time of when you were wrong? Uh-oh. <laughs> was it about a uh, president? Yes. Sure. Yes. It's so been told a thousand times. Yeah. Pre <laughs> president Ford had passed away that week, and they were getting ready earlier in the week, and so this might have been Friday or so, but Dawn and Molly were standing at the door. This actually may have been after school. I can't remember. But a procession was coming. We used to live, you know, just right here at the parking lot. So a procession was coming in for a funeral. And Dawn just says out loud, I, I wonder who passed. And Molly goes, duh, Mom, President Ford. <laughs> Obviously, he's getting Come buried right here at Bethel. <laughs> Everyone does. And Dawn and I both are like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was a kid. You were a kid, 12 years old, yeah. maybe. You think I, you were I had no excuse. That? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, I had no excuse for being that far off. <laughs> you were an adult. Okay, very good. Times we were wrong. So, Dad, you were supposed to have the Proverbs or the Psalms? Ooh, yes, I hope I do. Hang on. I got it in my notes here. Yes, uh, so Proverbs 10, verse 12. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. I believe that this verse is most needed in families, but it certainly is needed in church communities, you know, Sunday school classes, fill in the blank. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. You know, we've all probably been in conversations with somebody and a subject comes up and it's almost like a landmine just blows up. And you're like, oh, my, it's touched a nerve. You know, hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. And I, I believe that as church people, we, we've got to become adept at either changing the subject or just, if it's appropriate, confronting the situation. You know, you, you really need to deal with that <laughs> because we need to love that person, bottom line, you know, uh, and, and move on. Situ so. Situations left, left that, are, that are not right, that are just left, they breed more situations. That's right. It just it's, it, it, it's not good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it breeds. That's that's a good way to put it. All right, very good. I did have someone text in. I thought a makeup test was actually with makeup and wondered why boys <laughs> wanted to take a makeup <laughs> test. That's, that's, good. that's good. That is from Christina. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us tonight. Invite your friends, neighbors, and relatives to next week's show and share the word on your socials. Thank you and good night. Good night.